day, everyone. This is Frank Dazelski coming to you from West Virginia. Uh, it happens to be Friday, February the 16th, 2024. So Carol asked me to go ahead and share with you a conversation we had last week. And I'll just throw it out there the way I thought it came through. Anyway, I'd listened to the message I guess it was two weeks ago, just finished it, and uh, he was saying something at the end of the message about a contact he'd had with Kirk Bennett and also a phone call that he had received from John Harris, and both of them were relating to the footstool and establishing a footstool. Well, that kind of rang inside of me because I have the song I've been singing lately, I wrote it several years ago, and I just pulled it back out, began singing this. And the last line of the song, which is like the culmination of the song, is he made the earth his footstool. Now let each heart be his home. So I just thought about the times I've been singing that song and releasing that and declaring that. And then he shares these two. Uh, comments that were made. Um, and so I thought there was some overlapping importance here. Um, also, uh, I had been studying something the Lord showed me out of Isaiah twenty two twenty two. I know that Carol has also had an intersection with that particular portion of Scripture. You know, as we know it, it's the keys, you know, on the shoulder, um, that portion of Isaiah. But what the Lord was showing me, um, even though I've been there many times, um, is more about what was happening in context in that particular scripture. And that is, it is a transfer of leadership and there's a transfer of stewardship there. And it has to do with a government change in government. I guess that would be the the topic there. So verse 15, it says, thus saith the Lord God of hosts, go proceed to this steward, to Shebna, who is over the house and say, and he gives him some things to say here, but basically there's going to be a transfer. He says, then it shall be in that day, verse 20, that I will call my servant Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, and I will clothe him with your robe and strengthen him with your belt. And I will commit your responsibility into his hand and he shall be a father to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and to the house of Judah. Verse 22 is the key of the house of David. I will lay it on his shoulder so he shall open and no one shall shut and he shall shut and no one shall shall open, and I will fasten him as a peg in a secure place, and he will become a glorious throne to his father's house. So I was just meditating on this scripture, and I realized that this is a transfer of leadership, it's a transfer of authority, power, and even clothing. He says, I will clothe him with your robe. So there is this transfer that's happening here. And 
the other thing that the Lord has showed me in connection with this scripture was in Zechariah chapter 10. So in Zechariah chapter 10, there is also a transfer. Um, so uh, starting at the beginning of the chapter, ask the Lord for rain and in the time of the latter rain, the Lord will make flashing clouds and he will give them showers of rain, grass in the field for everyone. And then he goes on and says, for the idols speak delusion. The diviners envision lies and tell false dreams and they comfort in vain. Therefore, the people wend their way like sheep. They're in trouble because there's no shepherd. It says, my anger, verse three, is kindled against the shepherds and I will punish the goat thirds for the Lord of hosts will visit his flock. And so up to that point, he's talking about the conditions of the flock and that there is no shepherd. And then he goes on to say, the house of Judah and will make them his royal horse in the battle. It says, for the Lord will of hosts will visit his flock, comma, the house of Judah, comma, and will make them as his royal horse in the battle. And then he goes on, verse 4, from him comes the cornerstone, from him the tent peg, from him the battle bow, from him every ruler together. They shall be like mighty men who tread down their enemies in the mire of the streets of the battle. They shall fight because the Lord is with them and the riders on the horses shall be put to shame. Verse six, it says, and I will strengthen the house of Judah and I will save the house of Joseph. I will bring them back because I have mercy on them. They shall be as though I had not cast them aside for I am the Lord God and I will hear them. So in this passage, I'm seeing the Lord is raising up a standard um, and he is really raising up Judah to be a royal horse. We can say battle horse, if you will. Now, this passage here seems to parallel uh, Revelations 19, verse 15, where it says, the, about the return of the Lord. Uh, he says, striking the nations with a sharp sword, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. Um, so he returns, uh, verse 11 of Revelation 19. He says, now I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. So, I believe this is the same horse. Um, so this horse that he's returning on in Revelations 19 is actually a corporate man that's spoken of in Zechariah 10, where it says the house of Judah, he will make his royal horse in the battle. So when you see Jesus returning on a horse, think corporate, but think also its connection to government. So um, next verse uh, we want to look at is 
the one that we've heard many times in Revelations chapter 12, verse 5, about, you know, she has born a male child who was to what rule all the nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up to God and his throne. So notice here, this child is caught up to God and his throne, but it says this child was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. This parallels Revelations 15, which I read. I read it out of order, though, where it says he's going to come to strike the nations with a sharp sword, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. But I do believe this is not a singular rulership. This is a corporate rulership, and he is coming back on this white horse. But I believe the white horse is also the male, the man-child, the male child, who has basically become one with the writer. Um, so let's take a look at, um, let's see. Yeah, this is the other verse that came to me, and it has to do with um, the man-child in Re Revelations chapter 3. Um, really, I think it's 2 and 3. Uh, verse 20 uh, six, um, Revelations two verse twenty six says, "And he who overcomes, he's actually speaking, uh, of course, to the church of Thyatira." Verse twenty five: "But hold fast what you have till I come. And he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end, to him I will give power over the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron, and they shall be dashed to pieces like a potter's vessel." Of course, he's quoting Psalm 110 right here. But he is speaking of a corporate people who overcome. And you see, they have this rod of iron, just like those who are, of course, the man-child. Later in verse, in chapter 3, verse 9, it says, in, uh, not 9, but verse 10, it says, Because you have kept my command to persevere, I also will keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. Um, so this is group of people of all the churches is the only one who he says, because you have kept my command to persevere, I also will keep you from the hour of trial. Well, I think that this really parallels what happens with the man child in chapter 12. Because you have this man-child who is, you know, as even as it says, um, verse 4 of 12, his tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them down to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. And so she bore a male child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. There it is. This is a corporate man-child. There's the rod of iron again. And her child was caught up to God in his throne. So, because he is caught up to God in the throne, guess what? He's not going to be here for that time of tribulation. Um, and as you can see, the woman who the dragon comes after, she's really led, she's brought out into the, um, well, verse 14, but the woman 
was given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness to her place where she is nourished for time, times, and half a time from the presence of the serpent. So anyway, the, the Lord's just showing me how these are fitting together and how, of course, this horse, this war horse of Zechariah um, is the, a part of the, the corporate government um, that goes along with the Lord himself. And I believe it also parallels what I just read here um, about the man-child uh, coming into place. But I'd also feel like um, all this together was shown to me. And you know, I stand back and you know take the 30,000-foot view look uh, in context to the message that I just listened to, you know, Carol and what he said about the footstool and that having to do with the government of God being established on the earth. So I do believe that the, this is referring to an establishment, a releasing, a calling forth of a government, a corporate man government, uh, and that these scriptures are alluding to pretty much the same thing. Um, I will say that this is not something that you can just say, I want to be a part of that and go down and put your name on the roster kind of thing. As you all know, the Lord's been working with you all as he, as he has with I myself. And it is a serious thing. Um, you know, the dragon is going to rise up to destroy this child. So there is a place the Lord has for us. Um, if you want to say we are that man child, or at least have an invitation to be that the place of his fullness of protection and provision and, and everything is being caught up to the throne room. Um, so that's the place I believe where we are now. And though I have not listened to last Sunday's message, Carol just sent it to me today. I did speak with him and he did say that there was a corporate catching up. And um, I think that also is a sign of what the Lord is doing in preparation. Um, Cause this is not a, you know, a one time one, one-off event. This is an ongoing process. Of course, you all have been in for some time. Um, so I'm going to just go ahead and even though I've been, looks like over 15 minutes just with that, I'm going to go ahead and go on to what the Lord's been speaking to me. I don't know if some of you noticed, I went out there several weeks ago and posted on the, um, you know, the Collider group page about the uh, get my thoughts together here, um, about the, the Super Bowl and that uh, I believed that the Chiefs would win the Super Bowl. Now, at that time, they were at least three games away. They, they weren't in the top running. And, and by the way, I don't follow football at all. Um, so I have had some intersection with them. I do understand what Bob Jones prophesied. But I went out there and I just really felt like that the Lord was saying that he, they were going to win. Of course, since then they have won. Um, now, there's some intersections which you all may have heard of already that um, this was their third time since 2020 that they've won the Super Bowl. Um, they won it in a building 
whose address is 3333, and the, um, the winning quarterback ended up with 333 yards. Uh, so you see this series of threes there. Now, my wife and I, for some time, have always pointed out, because we see 333 all the time, and if you look it up in Proverbs 33, 3, it says, that, you know, that there is a curse on the house of the wicked, but the Lord, you know, blesses the house of the righteous. So every time we see that, 33, 3, 333, we always say, the Lord blesses the house of the righteous. And so I just wanted to say that I feel like that this sign that happened as a result of the Super Bowl win, um, of course, being the third but it was also the first consecutive. Now, I'm watching the end of the Super Bowl. I didn't watch it all, but apparently the end was the best, you know, how it all ended there um, with the Chiefs winning. But they won in a building, you know, Allegiant owned that building. And Allegiant it means faithful follower or loyal. Now, the name, the building has been named by the owner, I guess, because of the way it looks, as the Death Star. <laughs> yeah, so think about the Death Star, and then you have a man, of course, who is a believer in Jesus Christ, vocal, goes in, in the Death Star, and <laughs> explodes the glory of God in there. We'll call it, you know, that. God's favor on him, God's blessing. And giving glory to God, but more than that, what it represents in the prophetic with Bob Jones' prophecy about the apostolic leaders um, will be coming together. They will be, I guess, released. They will come into their own in this season, in this moment, and that there will be a parade from the Truman property there to the stadium, and there will be this parade that has these apostolic leaders, and along with them, trophies of God's grace. People have been healed, pushing wheelchairs that are empty, you know, so on, so forth. So I believe that what the Lord is saying right now, and I have some evidence to prove this, um, that there is right now a release of God's government in the earth to establish on the rock, Christ Jesus, the cornerstone, a government that is built on the apostles and prophets and all the others, you know, in place. So right now, I think there's an establishment of the foundation. There is a right building that's taking place. And there are people who God's moved on their hearts to see these things and to come together. So I do believe the way men have built in the past, they've used methodology, they've used other people's uh, patterns, um, but I believe what's happening now is the Lord himself is building, and he's building the lively stones together. He's building men, women, he's putting together a leadership that he will put his government upon because it's what he has established. And so that's what I know to be true. Now, on a side note, um, even from what's happening with 
you know, the whole Super Bowl. Just within a day of this soap of the Super Bowl, I get a phone call from a, a pastor friend, and he was with another pastor friend locally, and they this friend, um, I'll just leave names out, but anyway, they got together and, and they feel that there's a move in their hearts to establish something. And one of these pastors was prophesied years ago by some leaders of, um, of an awakening that happened up in Canada, um, Saskatchewan, years ago, the Latter Rain Movement. And anyway, he had some prophecy that came through that, came through that ministry to him here in my local Clarksburg, Nutter Ford area where I live, you know, that he would be basically an, an apostle or have an apostolic ministry and have an apostolic hub here. And that's what was told him, the words apostolic hub. Well, this other pastor, Fred, is you know, connecting to him and and basically reviewing some of this history and saying, I believe that the reason why things haven't happened here the way they needed to, because we haven't built rightly, that there were words spoken that God brought his government, established things, but they were not built upon rightly. So all this has come together, and I've been in a couple meetings, and the Lord's allowed me to share some things where I was in Moravian Falls, and I shared some things with some people there. The Lord showed me the Lord was going to establish an apostolic hub there. So these are things that I've talked to Carol about um, in the past as well. But I do believe this is the season for that to happen. And as I mentioned to Carol, I think that is very likely uh, that what the Lord wants to build there in Asheville would be a hub uh, of hubs. Uh, it's going to be a place, undoubtedly, for the other apostolic to connect, um, to be energized, filled, prepared, you know, whatever it is, everything from goods to education, rest, um, preparation, whatever it is. I don't know what it is, but it, it is. And then sent out and to establish these other hubs. So I think it's also interesting knowing you know, Carol's uh, word about stadiums and so on, that the Lord would use a stadium called the Death Star. Um, and the reason they called it that is, is what they say is that this stadium is death to all the hopes of the others, all the other hopes and dreams of all the other teams who've come there, you know. So, um, but I kind of believe that the Lord's saying he's going to release his stars and, and that the star, even in the midst of the death star, uh, will just destroy any sort of death that there is. So anyway, um, this is just, I was getting ready to make this recording and I found a recording of a prophet who spoke over me in 2022. And I have let Carol listen to it. And in there, this guy, the last thing he says to me is that, oh, the, the Lord's going to connect you, you know, with some men that you don't know from other places. And, and it's going to, it's going to be about, you know, establishing something, you know, in the, an apostolic, you know, there's going to be something apostolic about what you're doing. 
So that was two years ago, and I just found that prophecy even as I was getting ready to record this. So there's a lot more to be said, but this is all that's coming to me at this moment. I bless you all, and you know, God's richest blessing to you. I know He has a plan and purpose for everyone, and I'm just honored and humbled that I have been chosen to be a part of what you're doing there um, and what the Lord is doing in a broader sense uh, in bringing his government, uh, his kingdom to the earth. So we just thank the Lord Jesus. We praise him and give him glory. Bless you all and have a great day. Bye. Destined to wear white, and my chest is full of hope, and a dress and veil as snow. And he said he come for me, he know when I'm ready. My heart is aching for the coming of the Lord. I must get ready now. 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 For oh, behold, my bridegroom comes. Yes, behold, my bridegroom comes. Yes, behold. Bridegroom, come. My lamp is shining bright with oil to last the night. This passion, it is a fire, and it burns with pure desire. Oh, and he said he'd come for me, cause he'd know when I'm ready. And I sleep, but my heart's away. Oh, he's coming soon, I pray. Oh, and Lord, make us ready now. And Lord, make us.
us ready now. Lord, make us ready now. Oh, behold, my bridegroom comes. Oh, Lord, make us ready now. Make us ready now. Clean us up now. Oh, the pure and spotless bride. Make us ready now. Make us ready now, for behold, our bridegroom comes. Oh, for behold, our bridegroom comes. Oh, for behold, 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 he comes. Oh, he's I must get ready now. I must get. 